You're listening to And the Plot Thickens, an Authors on the Air radio network podcast. Join your host, suspense and horror writer Jeff Crawford, as he explores the art of creating tension and mood with authors from a wide variety of genres. Find out more about Jeff and his books at authorjeffcrawford.com. And now, meet today's author guest. Hey up and welcome to And the Plot Thickens, part of the Authors on the Air Global Network. I'm your host, Jeff Crawford, and my producer is Carrie Schaefer. Today's guest is an author, a podcast host, and an educator. She is also originally from a place that I really, really like. Welcome to the show, Nola Nash. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a it's a treat and a pleasure to have you here. Um, this is one I've had on the calendar for a while and have looked forward to very much. Thank you. As you know, on this show, we talk about suspense and dark and tense and edginess. Mm -hmm. And I have to believe that uh, being from a hotbed of influences like Louisiana had to have had an effect on your writing or at least provided some grist for the mill. Absolutely. Uh, can you tell us if if that part of the country's ingrained anything into you as a writer and how? Oh, absolutely. Louisiana, especially South Louisiana, where I grew up. I mean, I grew up, I was born and raised in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge is only about an hour north of New Orleans. So when you grow up in Baton Rouge, you might as well grow up in New Orleans too. Um, you go down there for all kinds of things. And those two places have so much deep history, dark history, things that, you know, just even the landscape itself can kill you. So there's a whole lot of fodder for suspense, for just those dark moments, that, that anticipation and really rich, gritty atmosphere. And it's all around you. You grow up with it. And so much of the traditions, the foods, everything comes from just the environment itself. And that really does help fuel what I write. One of the things that I love spending time on is atmosphere. And I think it's because I grew up in such a rich atmosphere that lends itself to the type of writing that I like to do, whether it's the paranormal, it's the horror, it's the high suspense. It's just, it's, it was always there. I mean, in Louisiana, we like to have a good time too. I mean, don't get me wrong. We can, we can lighten it up when we want to, but it is just so naturally a place that lends itself to that. I mean, from the moss hanging in the trees to just, I mean, there's, there's those black water of the swamp, just everything around you is filled with mystery. It's filled with magic. It's, it's in the very ground itself. And so being there, it's hard not to have that kind of influence on, on the writing, the suspenseful atmosphere, just the, the depth that is all around you is, is such fun to bring into writing. That is, that is so great. It, and I believe it. I, I believe you. I've, you know, it's like you and I talked earlier, um, me being from Florida, I understand the 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 dark black water the the spanish moss the humidity just lends yourself to being uncomfortable 
Absolutely. And, and that's what suspense is. It's mm -hmm. making you uncomfortable. And yeah. uh, I can't, I can't imagine a place, especially if you bring in the stories of, of tradition, like voodoo and, and, and whatever, you know, it's all there. And it's just, you've got such a, a, a pot to pull out of yeah. uh, and, and, and to just, that, that's, that's an incredible place to be from. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't, would be a pretty incredible place to be at. But as far as, I mean, you know, I'm thinking as a writer, to be from mm -hmm. there, grow up there, the, the, the wealth that you have to draw from, that well has got to be deep. It is um, very deep. There's so many aspects of that area that you can pull from. And there's, there's even the lighter things too. And even if you're going to write a romance and I have a historical romance series that I have not published yet, but at some point will set in 1850s in the French quarter. But even, even in that type of a romance, there is always the weather that is working against them. There's always, you know, there are things like, you know, yellow fever and so much that even in something that might be lighthearted, the very atmosphere of the place itself can still in something like that work against the characters or provide that element of tension and suspense, even in something that you know is going to have a happily ever after. You're going to have that. They're going to fall in love. You know it's going to work out for them, but it's no fun if there's no challenges, no speed bumps put in their way. And so the environment itself can often be exactly what you need for that. Let's, we keep, you know, all of this is leading into the, to my next point or whatever. It's, uh, this is, it's making it too easy this time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's great. What is your strongest or favorite way of creating or strengthening suspense in a character or in a setting? I think in this setting, it's giving that setting life. I've always personified the city of New Orleans or the swamp and giving it its own existence to where, I mean, I've always said the city of New Orleans has a soul, it has a heartbeat and you can feel it when you're there. And so creating that same experience for my readers is a great way to build suspense because you're immersing them in that environment. And like we said, that environment itself, parts of it can kill you. Parts of it are very uncomfortable. I mean, you've got in the swamp, you may have you know, cotton mouths that are hanging in the trees. They can drop down on you at any moment and they, they are deadly venomous snakes. You know, you've got the gators in the black water that you can't see. You've got mosquitoes carrying diseases. You've got that heavy humid humidity, those violent storms with just lightning and thunder everywhere, those big tropical storms. There is so much that just describing that because of what it is can help to build suspense. And when your readers feel like they are in that environment and you are pulling from just around you to create that living, breathing setting that is moving through the story with the reader, it's there's that's my favorite thing to do is build that atmosphere to, to just, and I build it through the action. I'm not one of those people that is going to sit there and write pages of description. That to me cheapens the environment because I do like to see it as a living, breathing thing. And if it's a living, breathing thing, it's going to be interacting with my characters. And so 
I'm not going to have one character over here doing their own thing by themselves forever and, you know, pages and pages and pages and no more will I have my setting doing that either. So it's going to, it's going to become involved with the characters as they are involved in the plot. And that helps to really immerse not only the characters, but the reader in that element of suspense because they too now are combating that setting, are having to feel uncomfortable in that setting along with the characters because you can't get away from it. It's not over here on page, you know, four and five, and then the really creepy things start to happen, you know, the action, the murder, the whatever it happens on pages six and seven. No, they're all together. And so you can't get away from it because it's all combined to create that action. Good deal. Good deal. Um, this is the one thing that I ask everyone who comes on this show, because every answer uh, is unique, and I just love it. Uh, every, every single answer I've ever heard. What creates the most tension for a reader? Is it the known or is it the unknown? I absolutely believe in the unknown. That, that is the Edgar Allan Poe fan in me and dealing with the psychology of human instinct. And humans like to know what's coming. They like to be able to brace for it, prepare for it, kind of outthink it, outrun it. But I love to keep things just in the unknown. You have just enough to know you need to be afraid of it but you don't really know what's there. You don't know what it's capable of. You don't know when it's coming. And I love dealing with the unknown because we can't prepare for what we can't see, for what we can't anticipate. And that to me helps to build so much suspense. And I love that, that human instinctual fear of the unknown as a writing device. That's a, that's a great answer. Um... That is, that is so great. And I agree with you. You can try and try and try to write a known, a, mm -hmm. a character or whatever. And you can do it, you know, fairly well. Most, mm -hmm. most people can do it better than I can. But you, you can't run out of things to write about with the unknown. Right. Because you don't know what it is. It's, it's an exponential effect. It just keeps growing and it becomes its own organism. Absolutely. Um, do your surroundings, and I'm not necessarily talking about the town you live in here, but do your surroundings or environment uh, affect or influence the mood you're trying to set as you write? And what I mean I'm is, writer. does the does the background music or amount of quality and mm -hmm. uh, amount of light or even the temperature bolster what you're trying to do? If you're trying to Absolutely. set a mood, does that does that work with you? It does. There are certain places, I always say that I'm a moody writer. I can only write if I am in the mood to write it. I'm not gonna force it. I'm not one of those, you know, sit down and write, you know, a thousand words a day kind of people. I can't do that. I have got to feel it. And I think it's because so much of what I write is atmospheric. And if I don't have that sense of, of atmosphere with me, then it's off. Something's weird. I'm going to have a really hard time writing an intense, sad death scene if it's a perfect day to be at the pool. You know, I mean, that's, that's going to be really tricky for me. I tend to write these days at a coffee shop here locally where I live. I live outside of Nashville right now. 
And there's a coffee shop that I absolutely love the vibe of. And I think part of what makes me write so well there is the name of the coffee shop is Onyx and Alabaster. It's actually in the book that is coming out on the 6th of, this, of September. And true to its name, it is mostly black and white, mostly black. And so the coffee shop itself is in an old building. The floors are black, the walls are black, the ceiling is black, the elements that are around you, like the chairs are black, the tabletops, most of them are black. So you have this dark vibe, but they're warm lights and the white accents that kind of help lift it up just a little bit. But because it's so just naturally dark in there and it's, it's a classy kind of dark, but that feeling allows me to, even on the most beautiful sunny days, to go into that very elegant and yet dark coffee shop and immerse myself into the type of writing that I do, the suspense, the paranormal, the ghost stories, all of those things. It's very difficult for me to write in a very happy, cheery place. You know, a lot of people will go and sit at a Starbucks. Well, Starbucks is so, no, so neutral in its vibe that I have a hard time there. I get distracted. You know, it's better than sitting at home where I'm sitting here thinking about laundry that needs to be done or dishes that need to be washed. But I still get distracted and there's too many other things. At Onyx and Alabaster, I've got the white noise of the coffee shop in the background, but I have that, that darkness. And it sounds like a really dismal place to be. It is an elegant, awesome, really cool coffee shop. But it allows me to slip into that atmosphere. So absolutely, the, 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 everything, the details around me will dictate what I can and cannot write at the time. Well, I understand that. I, I'm exactly the same way. I, uh, I, if I want to write a general five, six paragraphs, I can do that wherever I sit down as long as I sure. can get focused. But yeah. if I want to write dark mm -hmm. and intense or whatever, uh, you'll find me at 530 in the morning with no lights on in the house or at the office working by the only the light of my laptop because you can't see anything around you so i understand that completely yep uh when you, when you're reading do tools that other writers use to uh build an edge ever surprise you or resonate so strongly with you that you you file that away somewhere for a future use yeah and i don't know that i necessarily i kind of have my own things that i like to use a lot and because I tend to read a lot of, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and, you know, kind of the darker you know, gothic writers, um, a lot of that, those classic techniques are my favorite to use. But I do like to see what more current writers are doing as well. And, you know, looking at some kind of creepy books, they have their own ways to do things, but you can always find the, the echoes of the past, the echoes of those great writers, you know, the echoes of Shelley and Stoker and Poe, you've got them all in there. I, I think we take those classic elements and we make them our own because it's our own story. And so I do like to see how people have taken those classic elements of suspense and just creating fear in their reader and modernizing it with the story that they're telling. But I, I do love to see the echoes of those classic elements. Right, now that's more right. the scavenger hunt that I go on. It's not necessarily looking for the new things, but how people have taken those classic elements and, and modernized them themselves or use them as, for their own special purpose. Well, sure. Well, that's, you know, that's the old, you know, one civilization building on top of the other. 
you know, and, and, and I get that. That's, that's great. Um, I, I, I try to do the same thing. Most of it goes right over my head and I miss it when I shouldn't be, but I, uh, I, I like that answer a lot. What's the most important thing you know now about writing suspense and tension that you didn't know when you wrote your first book? I think now what I know is the importance of giving your readers a break. If you are all intense all the time, you lose a level of, you kind of, you, you really are losing some of the intensity after a, a while. Your reader is exhausted. And if you can back off of that just a little bit, once in a while, give them that, that conversation between the characters that you know, maybe is not so high intensity. It's not so go, go, go. It's not so we're gonna die at any moment. Give them the breathing room so that your reader has the, breath the breathing room and then you can amp that intensity up even further because if it's just constantly escalating, that's exhausting for a reader. It's exhausting for an author. And the end of the, the novel doesn't have nearly as much impact as if it has kind of gone up and down a little bit. And, but up and down, but still, your down is never as far as your last up. So you're always continuing to move that intensity up. And I think I was more on a straight line trajectory up on the first books that I wrote and kind of left out the valleys that gave the reader a bit of a break. I'm, I tried to put them in there. I think I could have, if I were to go back and, you know, we always say what we write is never done. You know, if I was to go back and work on that series again, I could find those valleys and put them in a little bit more, but the pace of the novel, it was so fast and so high intensity most of the time. A lot of readers love that about it, but I think they love it about it because they didn't see it done any other way. I think now, if I were to go back and look at it, I know where, where those places would be that I would pull that intensity down a little bit more just so I could rocket them back up to it again. Good deal. Good deal. I agree. I agree completely. I, I always said that the very first book I did while it was, it was okay. And it was well-received. Um, it was a, it was like a Bruce Willis movie. You know, there was never any stop and think, you know, it was yeah. page two, you jump in and you don't quit running. Do you get to the end? And mm -hmm. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And that is a fine, fine, lesson to 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 go back and tell yourself mm -hmm. um here's do readers comments influence how you progress your next work i don't think that it really does i write what i want to write and i've never been a genre writer i've never fit in anybody's you know neatly into their little box or their category bookstores don't know where to put my books on a shelf because they could go in several places I love the readers' comments to know that what I'm doing is is working for them, that they are enjoying it. But at the same time, everything that I sit down to write, I would like to surprise them in some way. So I don't ever want them by their own comments to have anticipated what it is that I write. So I feel like if I use their comments as an influence, it's not my work anymore. It's I'm writing for something else. And I've never been one of those that, you know, some people it's like, I'm going to do the genre writing that's going to pay the bills. And then I'll have these pet projects that I want to do over here. That's not me. I'm going to write what I love. I'm going to tell the story. I want to tell the way that I want to tell it. And I just hope that other people like it. So, you know, I've had people say, you know, as, as 
especially with a book that's about to come out. They said, I love these characters. I would love to see them do more things. I would love to see more of them, but I am firm about this being a standalone book. It is not going to be a series. I don't care how much they want to hear more about these characters. This is their story. I would be doing an injustice by these characters and the story itself if I said, oh, well, it sounds like people really like these, these characters. I'm going to keep going with them. It's going to cheapen that, and I'm not going to do that. So while I like to hear the comments and I like to know what they are enjoying about the books, it's like, you, you know, you tell a kid what they're doing well, not just what they're doing wrong so that they know to continue to do the right thing, not just don't do the wrong things, you know? So I do like those comments and it's reassuring, but it's not going to dictate anything that I do in my own work. Gotcha. And I, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all with you. Um, bring the reader to you instead of you caving to them. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I like that. Before we wrap up, tell everybody about your most recent book and where they can find it and how they can follow you. Absolutely. The most recent release that is out now is Traveler. And Traveler is a time travel adventure romance. Great book. Um, one of my favorite people, one of my great friends, Laura Kemp, said it is Indiana Jones meets Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> and it is a lot of fun. Um, I always wanted to be Indiana Jones when I grew up. So this is my, you know, my homage to what I really wanted to be. Um, it's a lot of fun. And it is out on Amazon or you know, anywhere else that you get your books online. And the newest book that is coming out on the 6th, so here just like in a, you know, a couple of weeks, the new book is House of Mirrors, and it is available for Kindle pre-order right now on Amazon. It will launch for paperbacks and everywhere else on September 6th. And House of Mirrors is actually set here in Franklin, Tennessee. So it is set right here in my backyard. And it is a dual timeline story between the Battle of Franklin, which was also known as the five bloodiest hours of the American Civil War, and some mirrors that are haunted with souls that are connected to the Battle of Franklin. So a modern day mystery connected to a 150 year old battle. So it's a lot of fun and House of Mirrors will be the next one to launch on September 6th. So you can get that one then. Wow, cannot wait. It's cannot a, wait. That was my love story to, to Franklin. And in so many ways, I learned so much about the town that I live in that I did not know. And it was excellent, excellent to get to know this place as deeply as as I do now, because it was always special to me and I've lived here for 20 years, but now it's an incredible place that I love to share. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, everybody, this has been, and the plot thickens. Uh, I've been having a great, great conversation with uh, multi-talented Nolan Nash, who I hope will go out on a limb and promise to come back again. I sure will, anytime. Great, great. We'd love to have you back. Um, I'm Jeff Crawford, and you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, as well as the Facebook page for And the Plot Thickens. Find all my books on Amazon if you're so inclined. Read a book. Tell everyone you read it, because reviews really do matter. Uh, be sure and join me next time for another interesting and entertaining conversation with another outstanding author. Uh, hang in there, AM. We're pulling for you, buddy. Until next time, y'all have a great y'all have a great week. <laughs>